We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You know, it's 12.02 right now. If they want to fire me at 12.05, I'll go home and find something to do. I'll have a good day. Welcome, everyone, to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by WinBet. It is Friday, May 28th, 2021. Alex Berutha here with Shannon McEwen and Ken K. Train Crite. All aboard! Folks, we're going to dive straight into the news. Well, first, let's touch on uh, Ken's George Marison uh, jersey that he's wearing. Beauty. Thank you. It's beauty, isn't it? You know why he was 77? He was seven foot seven. Boom. Exactly. Shannon got that pre-show as well. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, let's uh, we'll get to the wizards later. Um, not that they deserve a ton of attention, but first let's go to the game that ended the latest last night, which was um, nuggets trailblazers. Jokic and the nuggets go up two one in the series with a one twenty one one fifteen win. Jokic, 36-11-5 with four three-pointers. Denver jumped out early in this one, nine-point lead in the first quarter, uh, but ended up being a close game throughout. Denver shoots 53% from beyond the arc. Pretty good. Um, yeah, Lillard had a great game, 37 points. Uh, Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers was the star of the show at the <laughs> end of the game. 21 points, but a lot of those uh, came in the final minutes. Had four key three-pointers down the stretch. Um, scrap heap. Yeah, he was he was just sitting at home for two and a half months before the late season pickup, and he was terrible with the Knicks earlier in the season. Terrible. 
Made me feel uh, better about my earlier podcast recommendation of picking up Rivers with the Knicks four or five months ago on this show, but uh, didn't really help my fantasy numbers where he was atrocious. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly, no. Uh, Shannon, how are you viewing this series right now? Because I'm someone who, who thinks Portland's going to win this series, obviously being down 2-1, less than ideal for them. Well, I'm, I'm sorry that you believe that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's... I I expected Denver to win. I mean, if Denver were at full strength, there's a chance I would have picked them to come out of the West. Um, I think that's going to be tough without Jamal Murray. Uh, they still are very talented, even without Murray in the lineup, without uh, Will Barton available. Um, they're still very good. I mean, you have Aaron Gordon. Michael, Michael Porter Jr. is, you know, going to be he, he he's very close to being an elite scorer at the nba level um you know he's damn good i've i've, I've praised him for for seems like years now uh campazzo is looking really good sniffed a triple double last night 11 points eight rebounds eight assists two steals one block um not bad for 510 not at all not at all he's uh so I, I like the team, you know, it's, I, I think they could. He's getting under Lillard's skin a little too. Remember that? Did you see that extra bump? Oh yeah. At that half court foul, which I liked. That's playoffs, yeah. baby. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, Will Barton's going to probably be back. You know, he'll be back soon. It sounds like, I know he initially wanted to be back for, for round one. Um, if they advance, I'm assuming he'll return. Maybe he'll be back if, if this series extends, you know, to six, seven. Uh, but but we'll see. I, I think they're they're a very talented team, and I expect them to beat the Blazers. I'll say this, Alex. I was pointing to Austin Rivers as the reason the Trail Blazers win this series. And boy, did that <laughs> blow up in my face last night. This bench for Denver still worries me. Millsap looks yeah. about 140 years old. Uh, he looks like he's making that old person noise getting out of a chair on every play. You know, um, but uh, uh, boy, Rivers made me look silly. I don't know if he can keep that up. What is the news on Barton possibly coming back this series? It's he's basically game. It's day to day, so okay. it's, it's a game. You know, basically they. Yeah, I think he ruled out. He's ruled out of game three a couple days in advance, one or two days in, in advance. Um, but his status for game four is still up in the air. You know, like I said, he initially wanted to return. For round one, so that's I'm assuming that's still a possibility. But if that does that mean game four or game seven? No idea. Um, PJ PJ Dozier is also out, um, which doesn't sound like much, but that's why Austin Rivers is playing so many minutes is because Dozier's out. Monte Murray just got back. He's you know he he he's looking good and giving them some minutes. Um, it's a deep team, very deep team, and it seems like. It, Denver's just been that way, you know. Like you, you, you mean Monte like, Morris? By the way, yes, Monte Morris. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, even guys, you know, they had Beasley uh, was on this squad, you know, or the last couple seasons. So this team's always just had depth. Um, but whether it's you know Michael, uh, Jamichael Green, Paul Millsap, uh, Morris, Rivers, there, there's just always someone who steps up and, and fills the role. I kind of liked. I always thought the depth was a bit of a problem come playoff time when the bench is shortened and it wasn't clear who the go-to guy 
necessarily would be on the floor for the Nuggets. So when they made that Gordon deal, I thought, good, it's time to, you know, go for some better starters and thin the thin the hurt a little on that depth. But then, you, you know, like Gary Harris, they probably would like to have now until you see Rivers just light it up like he did. That, that Boy, that is the storyline from this game to me. Just shocking. Not just hitting five threes, but four in the fourth quarter. My goodness. Yeah, he kind of saved them. I'm not saying Portland when he came back and won this game. You know, had it not been for Rivers, but he did save them. I think... I, I'm not saying it's going to happen or it should happen, but I think if the Blazers lose this series, that Terry Stott's job is in jeopardy. I think he's been there yeah. for a long time, and they continue to kind of just run into, run into these walls, even though they have I, – I think they have more talent in the series. Like, they don't have a deep bench either, but their top eight's, I think, deeper than the, the Nuggets' top eight at least. All right, I got some MPJ stats for everyone. Since April 6th, which is Jamal Murray's first game out, um, so 25 games, Michael Porter Jr. has averaged 22.7. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 6.8 with 1.5 stocks and 3.23 pointers per game while shooting this is actually the amazing part. 54% from the floor, Ooh. 80, 85% from the line and 43% from three point. Um, if he, I mean, his, his range has just gotten better and better um, since he entered the league. And if he, if he's chucking up seven, three pointers and making 43% of them per game, um, that's, that's good. That's good for him. That, you know, that kind of coincides with when Aaron Gordon came too, and it, it shows that they can be on the floor together because Porter is so good at stretching the floor. Definitely. Um, all right. Well, hey, let's go to L.A. where the Lakers took a two to one lead over the Suns with a 109-95 win last night. Chris Paul, if you caught any of this game, you saw him fighting his right shoulder issues all game. They were strapping some odd contraption to him when he was off the floor. He shot just three of eight from the field in only 27 minutes with a team worst minus 20 plus minus last night. Guys, can Phoenix pull this off with an injured CP3? No. Yeah, I don't see how either. Yeah. I, think they would, I actually think they, they would have if CP3 didn't get hurt, but I think there's no, no chance in hell now. Yeah, they do at least have... Uh, he's got three days to rest because they don't play until the 30th. Uh, I guess two full days plus, you know, uh, half a Sunday. But uh, um, 
it looks bad. <laughs> it looks, yeah. it looks bad. <laughs> There's no other way to say it. And at Paul's age, you kind of assume the recovery times longer than shorter. Yeah. Yeah. I know they always, uh, the uh, broadcast go to is that he's on a plant-based diet now, but I don't think that will help fix a like <laughs> destroyed shoulder. I don't, I don't think, think you just can't rub it. kale on it. And then all of a yeah. sudden, Hey, all right. It's feeling pretty good. There are only <laughs> so many kale salads that you can eat too. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> last night, the Suns had a legit shot. Even with the Paul injury, LeBron got off to a pretty slow start. He did end with 21 points, nine assists, but it was still a bit of an unlikely uh, LeBron game. Uh, also, Lakers lost KCP, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, to a quad injury in the third quarter. He's going to get an MRI today. Uh, they play again Sunday. So, guys, who do the Lakers lean on if KCP is out? You think Carusco or Wes Matthews? Probably a combination of the two. I mean, Matthews is more like KCP. So if they feel like they need someone to fill that exact role, then it's Matthews. And they might need someone to fill that exact role because they are shooting awful from yeah. three. I don't have the numbers right in front of me. I'll get I'll get them soon. But they shot twenty five percent last night in the uh on twenty eight attempts from behind the arc. Yeah, it's been it's been rough for them. I, I will say, like I, I agree with you, Ken. I think LeBron was really passive in the first half, but in the second half he looked like real LeBron James. I yeah. think he like took off for the first ten quarters of this series and now he kind of you know put things in drive um instead of neutral. Yeah. Um yeah, Lakers are shooting uh, 28% from three in the series, uh, which if you're up 2-1 and you're shooting 28% from three in a series, you – Yeah, that's, that's not that the NBA well. today. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it bodes well for you. I mean, that's yeah, not yeah, going to yeah. continue. Right. Um, things got a little chippy at the end. Did you see that? Uh, 35 seconds left. Uh, uh, Schroeder drove to the basket. Booker gave him what I thought was a pretty mild push. Uh, and Brian Anderson, the announcer, said, uh, accused Schroeder with maybe, quote, with maybe an excessive role right there. But then AD's talking about how dirty it was after uh, in the presser. Uh, I don't know. I felt, felt like somewhere Michael Jordan was laughing. The Pistons would do him that to him about twice a possession in the old 90 playoff games. But uh, uh, I don't know. Is this going to stay chippy, guys? Probably. Probably. I think at least the next game will. Um, and then if the Lakers go up three, you know, once the Lakers are up three, one, that series clinching game, I probably in the second half, I guess it depends on how close it, it is, but by the end of it, it's not going to be chippy, right? They're all boys. That's I mean, LeBron yeah. and Chris Paul, they're, they're boys. So, um, but they had you know, both partners. You're referring yeah. to, yeah, yeah. One one thing about uh, the Lakers, and we talked about this, you know, prior to the season starting. Uh, they're a much deeper team this year than they were last year. Even looking at last night, <clears throat> last night's game, Montrez Harrell did not get off the bench. Didn't I kept looking about the you know, you know he kept cheering. Kind of doing his ML car cheering on the side. I'm like, is he ever going to see any minutes? And uh, no, they'd much prefer Drummond. Clearly, Horton Horton Tucker did not get off the bench. You know, uh, Markeith Morris did not get off the bench. Those are three like big rotational pieces from the for, from the regular season for this team that didn't even get off the bench, and they still went ten deep. I mean, yeah. Gasol played 17 minutes. Wes Matthews played 18. Caruso 20. I don't think they want Harrell trying to D up 
on DeAndre Ayton. Ayton right. played 41 right. minutes last night. He still shot 11 for 15. But I, I just assume they consider Gasol and and Drummond better defensive options. I Yeah, with a team that has a true center like Phoenix, right. I agree. Um, right. I do think there are – if you have Harrell um, in a fantasy postseason league, you know – it's it's possible he could see big run, you know, depending on future matchups, assuming the Lakers advance. So it, he's not a necessarily a cut at this time. Yeah. And uh, Alex, before you talk about your Milwaukee Bucks dominating, I do want to say Aiden, very pleasantly yeah. surprised by the quality play from the young center for Phoenix. His first ever playoff series. Uh, I think Monte Williams coaching him up well, but 11 of 15 last night, 11 boards, two blocks. He looks, you know, he looks like a vet in there. I, it's great. I'm really happy to see it. He's he's twenty two and twelve in series on eighty two percent shooting. Um, it's crazy. Nick and I talked about it a little bit. I think some of it is. I mean, they're the Lakers are aggressively trying to trap Devin Booker. I mean, they're just sending yeah. you know, doubles at him constantly, and I think that wisely so. Yeah, Aiden yeah. in the lane a lot, but Aiden is a guy who all season his bread and butter has kind of been be in the right place in the right time, have good hands. Uh, make your easy hook shots, and that's how you get to eighty yeah, percent shooting. Yep, uh, and there are yeah. plenty of big men who can't do that. Yeah, <laughs> Tristan Thompson. <sighs> well, and you would think Aiden took a Aiden. If you're a fantasy owner, you probably were not very happy with Aiden's season, right? I, I mean, no. he was his points went down, his rebounds went down, Shot his blocks went down. The the only improvement that we have is he was more efficient this year. Slight increase in free throw percentage, field goal percentage, 62.6%, um, which is pretty insane. But it would be, it was frustrating for me wherever I had Aiden is, you know, here's a guy, it's age 22 season, and he's playing under 31 minutes per game. He's yeah. supposed to be one of their primary pieces. You know, it's good <laughs> to see him un- unleashed and averaging 40 minutes per in the postseason. I do feel like, you know, like on the flip side with the Lakers, it is matchup based, right? Like, yeah. Well, no yeah. Sarge, like you said, with Harold not getting off the court, they were not playing Sarge. But it's like, yeah, now the young legs, they're like, give them eight and a lot of run. But where was that during the season? Right. right. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah. All right. So the 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 last point to cap that off last season, eight and twenty eighth in fantasy on a per game basis, a category. This season, sixtieth. So about a 30 spot drop there. Um, Less than ideal if you took him in the third round. Let's move on, though, uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, As Ken writes in our document, spanked the Miami Heat yet again uh, with a dominant 113-84 thrashing, which I think is an appropriate way to put it. I mean, this was wired. Demoralizing. It was. I felt I kind of started feeling bad for the Heat after a while. Like, are they okay? Like, are things <laughs> are things good in Miami? Like, I was like, I kept looking like, is that is Eric Spolstra, head coach of the Heat, right? Because how is a Spolstra led team just getting thrashed this badly? And frankly, looking like they just gave up. Like, yeah, there there was one possession where uh, they're running their offense, which they've been running all season. Butler has it at the elbow. And he has no idea that the shot clock's dwindling. And with like one or one second left, instead of putting it up, he just half-heartedly gives some terrible pass to Big Shots Belitza for what was was not going to be an open three anyway. And I was like, "What is this offense? This just looks like a team that's already gone fishing." 
Or as my man Don Meredith used to sing, the Willie Nelson classic, turn out the lights, the party's over. <laughs> Thank you for that. At, yeah, Shannon, at some you're, point, you're old enough to remember Don Meredith singing at the end of Monday Night Football when the games were a blowout. No, yes. I'm not. No? I'm, actually, I'm not. No. <laughs> I know. 1967 classic, turn yeah. out the lights, the party's over. Thank you, Willie Nelson. You, you mentioned Bielitsa. At some point, Eric Spolster gave in and played him, and oh Bielitsa came in and just decided to start taking 35 foot threes. Got he was like, I, it's like, yeah. hey, no one else is going to take open shots. Right. <laughs> right. I'm, hey, I'm I need a contract next year. These shots are going up, baby. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, Drew Holiday, uh, 19 and 12 in this game. The 12 is assist, plus 41, plus minus in this game. Um, you mentioned it, Kat. I, I, are you surprised? You know, an Eric Spolstra coach team is rolling over this badly. I mean, Nick Nick and I kind of talked about it, wondering if it's some of its fatigue from, you know, a lot of people talk about the Lakers, how short their offseason was. Oh, maybe we shouldn't expect them to get to the finals this season. I feel like that conversation isn't being had about the Heat, even though they were also in the finals. Yeah, and you got to wonder about Goran Dragic. Is this, obviously, he suffered bad uh, foot injury in the finals, 35 years old. Is he now you know, in decline, they kind of gave him that thank you contract for last year's performance. How many years is that? Oh, I think it was, it was only year. Sorry. Yeah. Was, only one year, 18 million. So, but, uh, uh, can you rely on Dragic next year? Uh, who's your, you know, who's your backcourt score on this team next year? Cause hero had a terrible season. There's all this talk about him enjoying the Miami nightlife too much. A little too much social media, not enough actual production. As, as like optimistic as you are last year, I can't just this the demise this year. Ooh, it's, it's wincing. Yeah, I mean the the Heat as a team shooting thirty eight percent in this series. Jimmy Butler thirty one percent. Kendrick Nunn thirty six percent. Tyler Hero twenty eight percent. Trevor Ariza twenty percent. That you can't recover from that, right? It's, that ha- that happens exactly, and some of that. I mean, you have to credit the Bucks D. They are a good defensive team, so that's going to be part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, we, I think everyone knows that the Heat played above their heads last year in the bubble. Um, you know, in that series where they beat Milwaukee, Giannis got hurt. Um, which, yeah, Bucks might have already been too big of a hole, anyways. I, I don't know if it would have mattered, but with the way the Heat was were playing, but uh, it's. I am also not that worried about like Tyler Hero's long-term upside. I think it's still there. Um, you know, this year he didn't break out like many might have expected, but he was still solid, and he saw an increase in in most areas, most facets of his game improved. And I think we're going to see more growth. You know, the next couple of years. The the weird thing for me is I and there's a couple other teams doing this too, but why why are they still going like ten deep? I, you know, they had even 12 guys actually saw the floor. And I understand when the game's was out blowout. of hand. I, yeah, I understand when the game's out of hand that that's the only reason why Gabe Vincent and our boy Precious got in. But <laughs> I mean, this is two games in a row. I, you know, well, they're their bullets, but still they're like, grasping for straws, right? I mean, they're like, good God. I mean, they, they finally like it. They, they didn't, they wait until they're down 0 2 to put Dragic in the starting lineup. I was amazed that Dragic wasn't reinserted in the starting lineup before the playoffs even began. Um, I thought they should have made that move. He was one of the big catalysts for them last year on making the run. 
Um, he had a poor game. He couldn't hit a shot at yeah. all last night, you know, three for four. Three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But it, he should have been, he should have been starting and playing 35 minutes from game one. And, and, and you, I mean, they have a clear top six, top seven. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't also don't know if that's good enough. Like is, you know, you, Duncan Robinson, he'll have his games where he goes five for six from downtown. But if he's not doing that, he's not a plus on the court. Um, yeah. You know, Trevor Reza, a fantasy surprise the last couple months of the season. Donut. But, but is he really – is yeah, is, is that really who you want to roll with as your starting power forward for a team? Well, that, that makes you, makes that Oladipo deal look terrible. You know, yeah, Kelly but, Olenek would have given him 20, 25 quality minutes of power forward. He sure would have done better than 0 for 4. I'm not sure it turns around this series, but – Yeah, and, and they do look a little – they look a lot different if they have Oladipo healthy and playing as well, but – it's it is confusing to me how they've handled the tragic hero Kendrick Nunn situation yeah. this year. Yeah. We should you know we should give some credit though. Obviously the Bucks are legit, and boy, uh, Alex, how huge is the difference between playoff Drew Holiday and playoff Eric Bledsoe? Cannot be overstated. Um, <laughs> right. I, I was <laughs> I, I was listening to the Bill Simmons pod the other day, and he had. I can't remember the guy's name, but it was a Bucks fan who said it was, it's a lot easier when the Bucks are playing five on five instead of four on six. <laughs> Referencing Bledsoe playing for the other team. Holiday uh, team high plus 41 plus minus ratio yet last night. Yeah, he's incredible. I mean, him and I, th- this team fits together so seamlessly. I am, uh, I'm, I'm just really excited for this Buck, Bucks Nets series. I'm hoping to at least go to one game, even though it will destroy my bank account. Uh, but do you guys have any Shannon? Do you have any early predictions for that? For the Bucks, yeah. I mean, I've, Bucks, I've Nets. Got, Bucks have been my pick all year. Um, okay. I, I still, I think they're going to win the championship. They're they're my pick. So it'll be it'll be a good series with the Nets. I think whoever wins that series is going to take home a championship. I just, I think if you look at recent history with these types of super teams, uh, it usually takes. You know, they don't usually just immediately win a championship in, in year one. Um, and the fact that Harden, Durant, and Kyrie have had, you know, next to no games playing together. I mean, how many games have all three been on the same court? Isn't it like five or six games? It's it's not I think many. It's five, yeah. 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 So I just don't think that's enough. And I know Durant Durant and, and Harden have experience playing with each other, but that was years and years and years ago. Um, I just don't think they have enough time to gel. And, and reach their their you know be optimized enough to win a championship this year, um, and also they have a big hole in the middle. They there's right. going to be like I expect I expect Giannis to I probably said this last week I expect Giannis to average like 14, 40 and eighteen against them. Like it's going to be just one of the best performances we've ever seen in the playoffs. If if someone told you Alex at the beginning of this season. The Bucks are going to have a real advantage at the five with Brook Lopez in their key playoff series. Would you believe that? <laughs> Probably not. And one thing I'll say that's kind of interesting. I I might only I might be the only person who really cares about this. I think the Bucks kind of became a great team two years ago when Giannis started playing more like a point guard and Brook Lopez was out there shooting threes. Yeah. And now they're becoming a way more effective team with both of them playing more like big men. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's really kind of bizarre and interesting. They need Giannis to be Shaq, not to be a point guard or yep. the point guard version of Shaq. Mm. Like you know, that's 
Giannis is more Shaq than he is, you know, T Mac or yeah. whatever, whatever he was yeah. trying to be a couple of years ago. He's he's more Shaq, and that's what they need him to be. Uh, but with imagine this team if Bogdanovich, if that trade actually went through and he was on the squad too, mm-hmm. I think they would be favored against the Nets if that were the case. Yeah, maybe I'm too high on Bogdanovich. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get into DFS later. There's not a whole lot of news for tonight's three matchups, but Kemba Walker is questionable for tonight's game three against the Nets due to a left knee medial bone bruise. Gee, I'm really glad my Celtics rested him all season. Kemba's making $34 million this year, has two more years left on his deal. Just want to point that out, kind of in a whining, complaining fashion. But gentlemen, get your DFS picks ready. I think we're going to dive into that slate after our fan feedback section. What's up, guys? Are you looking for a new contest to play during the 2021 NBA playoffs? If so, try Fantasy Five's new free-to-play NBA contest. It's simple. All you have to do is pick one player to beat their fantasy point target from each of the five games. If all your picks are correct, you can win a share of the $5,000 jackpot. Other guaranteed prizes are also available if you finish atop the weekly leaderboard, including an official NBA kit. Make the NBA postseason more interesting. Go to fantasy5.com today. That's fantasy, the number five.com to enter your picks today. Ramesh wants to know, this is a question for Shannon as much as it is uh, for Alex. What is the Rotowire podcast basketball schedule for the rest of this year and next preseason? Hmm. Oh, wow. Um, well, we're we're going to do at least two more episodes after this week. Um, and then Nick and Alex and maybe Nick and James will drop some episodes as well the next few weeks. But I would say mid-June we'll probably run to for this year. And then let's assume, I know the latest news that I found on the 2021 start was uh, their hope to start in late October, like they have in years past. Uh, other, you know, other than this current season. Um, so if they start at their usual time, we usually fire up like by October 1st at the latest. So we'll have a good, like three, four weeks of ramp up until the season starts again. Maybe, maybe we'll drop something in September, but I would say late September, early October is when we'd come back. Well, whenever the preseason does kick in, we're going to ramp up shows both on YouTube and uh, on the audio podcast. So expect a very big preseason from us next year. And as you can already see, we're going a lot deeper uh, into the playoffs. But so, Shannon, two more Fridays of us three amigos. Is that accurate? Yes, I believe so. Okay, so let's uh, let's go get the DFS. I'm just going to run through the spread and over under of each game quickly. We have uh, Knicks at Hawks. Hawks are favored by four and a half. We have Nets at Celtics. Nets favored by eight. Uh, Clippers at Mavericks. Mavericks, three-point dogs. Uh, Actually, and two-point dogs, depending on where you look. There's some pretty significant differences in the spread there based on where you look. Uh, As far as injuries, Kemba Walker, we we touched on it earlier. Questionable. not great for the Celtics. Uh, we may end up seeing a lot of Peyton Pritchard playoff minutes. Uh, we get to see some fast playoff Peyton Pritchard. Say that five times fast. fast. Yeah. Uh, Little PP. <laughs> Sir. How tall is he? Uh, yeah, give him a generous 6'1", I think, on the measurements. Oh. But uh, yeah. Okay. 
Uh, Serge Ibaka is also questionable, I think. Um, that back issue is flaring up again for him. He missed a lot of time because of that. I'm not really sure exactly what he had, but it's it's killing them, apparently. Uh, okay, so jumping into DFS, I think, I mean, it's it's Luka Doncic is 10,500, but that may not be high enough for me, uh, for me to avoid him in a tournament setting. I mean, he's playing out of his mind. I know in the first game... Um, or excuse me, he he's I mean he's just playing incredible both games. He's he's averaging like thirty five points a game, ten rebounds, ten assists, basically. Um, be kind of on the same page, Shannon. Do you think? I mean, you could fade Doncic right to you know be contrarian, but I, I think I will fade him. Um, yeah. but that's also you know partially because I'm going to go Kawhi, um, you know Kawhi or Durant, and it's going to be tough to do multiple ten thousand dollar guys. Um. And and I still believe in the Clippers. I, I still would pick the Clippers to win this series. I still believe that that's like, you know, as far as a Luka matchup going up against, you know, having Paul George or, or Kawhi guarding you. And I know Pat Bev has tried, uh, but they have to run George and Kawhi at him and just eventually slow him down a little bit. You can't stop a player as talented as Luka, but at least slow him down. And, and I think they will do that. I think we'll see that tonight. Is uh, with Kemba Walker questionable? Let's say he's out. Does that just mean more Tatum for you, or is that are you looking to Smart uh, Richard potentially? Yeah, it would be uh, Smart. I would definitely be higher on Smart. He is at uh, six thousand on FanDuel, um, so he's already going to be an option, especially if, if you're going couple one or two ten thousand dollar players um he's probably gonna be worth consideration anyways i i also think naismith um would see more run he's averaging um about 17 minutes per in the first two games for or in the two games that he's appeared in um it's but smart smart will play 40 minutes if walker's out he might anyways uh but it would be pritchard i probably wean Mm, between Pritchard and Naismith, I actually might go Naismith instead just because he's a little bit cheaper Watch and it. he's and he's already seen 17 minutes per game. So we know that's going to increase if Walker's out. I mean, the nice thing of Pritchard at only 4,400 on FanDuel is if this is a blowout, he ought to get a lot of minutes uh, right. and there's a lot of blowout potential here. But same for Neesmith yeah. as well. I mean, I could see, though, if this is a blowout, they're not going to exhaust Smart. And Pritchard could – they'd rather, I'm Both sure, give those yeah. kind of junk minutes to Pritchard. Yeah, I actually, if, if you're just targeting, like, blowout potential, and then both, you can plug both of them into your lineup. Yeah, I think Fournier would deserve some consideration as well. I think there's going to be a lot of different places people end up going um, if Walker's out. Not that Fournier's been – I mean, he's only got 19 field goal attempts in the series, but uh, maybe that does bump up some. He he definitely is worth a look, and, and he's actually priced appropriately now. He's at 5500 whereas, you know, I, I'm pretty sure he was closer to like 7000 uh, earlier in the series. So he's definitely worth a look at that price. Fournier looks like a guy who has never practiced with his team. <laughs> yeah, it's driving me nuts. But uh, yeah, Ken, is there anyone that uh, is kind of sticking out to you on this slate? Well, uh, to me, Tim Hardaway is still cheap, uh, fifty-seven hundred. You know, he's a streaky shooter, and he seems to be on a streak. So uh, maybe he's going to be too popular, but he's definitely at one of his uh, peaks versus valleys, and so 
now uh, seems like a good time to hop on the Hardaway train. Yeah. yeah uh, oh, go ahead, Shannon. Yeah, Hardaway and sticking with Dallas, I think, you know, Porzingis at 7,500 is a good price. The fact that he's played 35 and 32 minutes in the first two games uh, is encouraging. You know, he was he was kind of beat up down the stretch of the regular season, and even the games that he did appear in, you know, he's seen like 21, 25 minutes. So the fact that he's out there playing 35 minutes now, um, you know, makes him a pretty good pretty good value at $7,500. Um. Shannon, are you concerned about guys from the Nets blowout situation, trying to pick the right one, that sort of a thing? Uh, it looks like I'm probably going to avoid Nets. Um, and even if I if I were going with one of the Nets, uh, it would be Durant or Harden. Um, I know Kyrie's gone down. He's at 8,800 now. But I like a couple. I, you know, I would rather spend up on Trey Young or Luka for point guard or go a little bit cheaper with like Derek Rose and Kemba. If Kemba plays, um, I like those options better than Kyrie. Kyrie's just at like 34 fantasy points per game, 35 fantasy points per game for the first two contests. But you fact, I mean, once you factor in Harden, uh, Harden getting all the, all the run that he gets Durant taking on that scoring load. I just feel like Kyrie's pretty clearly number three there in the pecking order. Uh, you know, he'll have games where he blows up, but I think he's risk the riskiest of those three. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um yeah, I think I think a lot of people are going to be on I, I wouldn't be surprised if people just kind of avoid the Brooklyn Boston game. And I think a lot of the you know, a lot of people will just roster guys from the the Knicks Hawks game, Clippers Dallas. I mean, you can get Trey Young at I think it's nine thousand yeah nine thousand even on FanDuel people who are looking for kind of you know a potential for elite value for under ten thousand I think are going to go to Trey Young at nine thousand I think that's just like the the logical spend one doesn't he seem like the most likely candidate to play 40 plus minutes tonight and it's a home game yeah I think there are a lot of things kind of leaning in his favor uh so I wouldn't be surprised if rosters get stacked like that and I'll tell you what Hey, kudos, Derek Rose, at this stage in his career, playing all those minutes. Yeah. But he's not out there for his defense. Well, neither player is out there for their defense. So <laughs> right. they're kind of torching each other. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. It's great. Uh, mixed for some entertaining <laughs> basketball. Um, right. How do we it. feel about the uh, taunting of Trey Young for his hairline, by the way? <laughs> uh can't wear a hat on the court, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I think you know he's he he's got the he's got the hairstyle to uh, it, he can he can hang on for a long time. I think I count I hair think. as part of a body, and I don't body shame, mm-hmm. even though I have beautiful hair. Loving the rest of my body man. can be shamed considerably, <laughs> so I don't body shame. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to toss up one for you guys. All right. So small forward, I actually think with small forward, there are a lot of good values. You, they're risky values, but we, you know, we mentioned Fournier, uh, 5,500 and then you have, and this is one I've went back and forth on, uh, on the first two games of their series, uh, Deandre Hunter and Gallinari 4,500 mm. for Gallinari, Deandre Hunter at 4,700. Um, if you have to pick one of those two. Who are you going with for tonight's slate? 
I like Hunter's upside of the minutes he's getting and is he healthy? You know, and I, I think the answer is quickly becoming yes. Uh, McMillan clearly likes the fact he can play on both ends of the floor, which isn't so true of the rooster. Uh, so I lean to Hunter. Yeah, I think I'm going Hunter too. I, 32 minutes last game. He, he's shooting pretty poorly. He's he's under 35% right now. But, um, I mean, he got 11 free throws last game, which was something early in the season we were like, he's getting to the free throw line. Like That was a big improvement for him. And he's going to be out there for his defense uh, also, So uh, which is something Gallinari does not. Yeah. He's a one-way player. I, I'm I'm with you guys on Hunter, and it's it's because of the minutes played. It's seeing that jump up to 31 minutes in the most recent game um, basically removes any pause that I had with going with Hunter. Um, Gallinari is great, and I think Gallinari's got the higher ceiling for an individual game, um, and we've seen it this year. We've seen Gallinari go off and drop. I, I mean, he had a 49.6 fantasy points uh, on May 5th. Yeah, May whatever date that was, early May, um, and he's he's dropped a couple other forty point uh, fantasy outings, and he can get hot and do that, but it takes one of those games where he catches fire from downtown. Hunter, if you see in thirty plus minutes at forty seven hundred dollars, I mean this is a guy who cost seven thousand plus, you know, or right around there um, during his peak this season before his injury. He really was blowing up before he got injured. I think that can pretty much wrap it up for DFS. Uh, Ken, it is time for your old man rant. NBA players, stop whining about every call. It's utterly ridiculous. Shut up and get back on defense. That Booker call on Schroeder wouldn't have even been noticed during a classic 90s Bulls versus Pistons series. Kevin McHale almost decapitated Kurt Rambis in the 1984 finals, and all Rambis got was two free throws. Now, if someone breathes on Luka, he expects an and one. Hey, you soft sissies, quit the crybaby routine and toughen up for playoff basketball. FYI, Larry Legend called the 84 Celtics sissies for their soft play the day prior to McHale clotheslining uh, Rambus. That's why I use the word sissies. Anyway, play the damn game. Stop whining. Ah! Nice. That's actually an old man rant that I agree with. Um, you can get totally. behind that one? hundred percent, Ken. And maybe it's just Thank my age. It's, maybe it's just my age, but I feel like uh, – I, I went on a little bit of a rant about like LeBron James and yeah, it's always every shot. I, I not, not just James, every player in the NBA. I don't know if it's just because the teams I grew up watching, you know, with the bad boys pistons, the going to work pistons, like I mean, Sheed was loud and could be abrasive, right. but but he wasn't a crybaby, right? He wasn't always like, like, oh! The only you could you could argue you could argue Tayshawn Prince and Rich Hamilton. Had a little rip, we'll yeah. call it Rip Hamilton. Yeah. Had a little bit of crybaby in him, but everyone else on the squad was going to work, and we're, we're all they could have fit in with the bad boys. Yeah, and, Alex. Alex, yeah. historically, who was the biggest whiner on the Bucks? Oh man, um, I don't know. I, nobody off the top of my head uh, comes yeah, to mind. To, it's not just the whining; it's the flopping yeah. around. That's the thing. Like even. 
I love LeBron James. I think LeBron James is the best bas- best basketball player of all time. I think if he and Jordan played one-on-one, LeBron would destroy him. I just don't think that physically Jordan would be able to do anything, you know, because Jordan's like 60 now. But <laughs> I I I don't I don't think I could be a LeBron fan even if he were on my team because of the type of basketball that I like. I, I like the hard-nosed basketball. The, the no flopping and, and whining and pretending like you're hurt every time someone scratches your back. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, Ken, next time you're at Roto Hoops, uh, I will remember to turn things up a notch uh, when you <laughs> go to rack. Um, that will, I don't think we mispronounced any names. Uh, once you're in the playoffs, there's no. Uh, didn't Burkowski, you, com- did Burkowski complain a lot for the Bucks? Alex doesn't. I, I was born in 1993. <laughs> Frank the Brickhouse Burkowski played 90. He played in the ni- early 90s. Yeah, before you were born. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, that will uh, that'll do it for us on the RotoWire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is presented by WinBet. Ken, take us out of here. Yeah, let's go to Washington, baby, where Snickers, the candy bar people, made a parody ad of Michael Jordan's cologne. Alex, also too young to remember the Michael Jordan cologne. Uh, Where Snickers, they launched a George Murison cologne. Seriously, they made a 30-second ad with Georgie for George Murison cologne. It starts with the My Giant star asking, do you want to smell like me? And then ends with the host sniffing the bottle and asking, is that cabbage, George? And George says, yeah, chicks dig it. (laughs) Attention, passengers. This three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the line. (laughs) 